The First Day In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was on the surface of the deep, and God's Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light and saw it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. Let us pray. O God, whom to love and cherish is true righteousness, multiply in our hearts the gift of your holy grace. And as you have in the death of your only Son made us to hope for those things which we believe, make us by his resurrection happily to arrive whither we now take our journey. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Israel came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. They encamped there by the waters. They took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, We wish that we had died in the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots, when we ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole congregation with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from the sky for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see the Lord's glory, because he hears your murmurings against the Lord. Who are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, Now the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to satisfy you, because the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against us. And who are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses said to Aaron, Tell all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come close to the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the Lord's glory appeared in the cloud. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, It is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. From that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death, saying, 
lest the Romans come and take away both our place and nation. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the twelfth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the next day a great multitude had come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him, and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus, having found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king comes, sitting on a colt's donkey. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him, and that they had done these things to him. The multitude, therefore, that was with him when he had called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, was testifying about it. For this cause also the multitude went and met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, See how you accomplish nothing? Behold, the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us go forth in peace in the name of the Lord.
Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Ever shall be world without end. Amen. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. Ride on, ride on in majesty. Hark all the tribes, Hosanna, cry. O Savior, meek, pursue thy road with palms and scattered garments strode. Ride on, ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp, ride on to die. O Christ, thy triumphs now begin, where captive death conquered sin. Ride on, ride on in majesty, the angel armies of the sky. Look down with sad and wondering eyes to see the approaching But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me, and from the words of my roaring? All they that see me laugh me to scorn, 
They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. The Old Testament lesson for Palmarum is written in the ninth chapter of Zechariah, beginning at the ninth verse. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion, shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. He is righteous and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he will speak peace to the nations, and his dominion will be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I have set free your prisoners from the pit in which is no water. Turn to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the second chapter of Philippians, beginning at the fifth verse. Brothers, have this in your mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who, existing in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, yes, the death of the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him, and gave to him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me, and from the words of my groaning? Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you, and were delivered. They trusted in you, and were not ashamed. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew. When Jesus had finished all these words, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people were gathered together in the court of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas. They took counsel together that they might take Jesus by deceit and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest a riot occur among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster jar of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw this, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. However, knowing this, Jesus said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has done a good work for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. For in pouring this ointment on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Amen. I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of as a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, 
went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? So they weighed out for him thirty pieces of silver. From that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain person and tell him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus commanded them, and they prepared the Passover. Now when evening had come, He was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Amen, I tell you that one of you will betray me. They were exceedingly sorrowful, and each began to ask him, It isn't me, is it, Lord? He answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man goes even as it is written of him. But woe to that man through whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, answered, It isn't me, is it, Rabbi? He said to him, You said it. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup, gave thanks, and gave to them, saying, All of you drink it, for this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for many for the remission of sins. But I tell you that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on, until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom.
when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me tonight, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter answered him, Even if all will be made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Amen. I tell you that tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. All of the disciples also said likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and severely troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went forward a little, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I desire, but what you desire. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What? Couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, My father, if this cup can't pass away from me unless I drink it, your desire be done. He came again and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. He left them again, went away, and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let's be going. Behold, he who betrays me is at hand. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he who betrayed him had given them a sign, saying, Whoever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he came to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I couldn't ask my father, and he would even now send me more than twelve legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? In that hour Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? I sat daily in the temple teaching, and you didn't arrest me. But all this has happened that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled.
Jews who had taken Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Peter followed him from a distance to the court of the high priest, and entered in and sat with the officers to see the end. Now the chief priests, the elders, and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, and they found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last two false witnesses came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that these testify against you? But Jesus stayed silent. The high priest answered him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. Nevertheless, I tell you, after this you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of the sky. Then the high priest tore his clothing, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He is worthy of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who hit you. Peter was sitting outside in the court, and a maid came to him, saying, You were also with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you are talking about. When he had gone out onto the porch, someone else saw him and said to those who were there, This man also was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again he denied it with an oath, I don't know the man. After a little while, those who stood by came and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech makes you known. Then he began to curse and to swear, I don't know the man. Immediately, the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the words which Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Then he went out and wept bitterly.
Now when the morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and delivered him up to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, who betrayed him, when he saw that Jesus was condemned, felt remorse, and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned in that I betrayed innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? You see to it. He threw down the pieces of silver in the sanctuary and departed. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest took the pieces of silver and said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is the price of blood. They took counsel and bought the potter's field with them to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him upon whom a price had been set, whom some of the children of Israel priced, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, So you say. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how many things they testify against you? He gave him no answer, not even one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the multitude one prisoner whom they desired. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. When therefore they gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. But the governor answered them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do to Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. But the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out exceedingly, saying, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that nothing was being gained, but rather that a disturbance was starting, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous person. You see to it. All the people answered, May his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But Jesus he flogged and delivered to be crucified.
Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison together against him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They braided a crown of thorns and put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to go with them that he might carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, the place of a skull, they gave him sour wine to drink mixed with gall. When he had tasted it, he would not drink. When they had crucified him, they divided his clothing among them, casting lots, and they sat and watched him there. They set up over his head the accusation against him, written, This is Jesus the king of the Jews. Then there were two robbers crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on the left. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests, also mocking with the scribes, the Pharisees, and the elders, said, He saved others, but he can't save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The robbers also who were crucified with him cast on him the same reproach. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is, 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of them who stood there, when they heard it, said, This man is calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink. The rest said, Let him be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Jesus cried again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were done, were terrified, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from afar, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, serving him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When evening had come, a rich man from Arimathea, named Joseph, who himself was also Jesus' disciple, came. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given up. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. Then he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary, sitting opposite the tomb. Now, on the next day, which was the day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees were gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that deceiver said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest perhaps his disciples come at night and steal him away and tell the people he is risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with a guard and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone.
He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today our Lord rides into, into Jerusalem with songs of Hosanna, waving of palm branches, and the, crowd, and the crowds proclaiming him the King of Israel. He's being exalted. And yet last week our Lord hid himself because the crowds were ready to stone him. Later this week the crowds will shout for his crucifixion. All that shows us that within our Lord's exaltation today, there at the heart of today, is his humiliation. He triumphantly enters Jerusalem to die. And our collect picks up on this. We prayed, Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection. The two words that ought to catch your ear there are just that, humility and patience. And maybe a better word than patience is long-suffering. He became incarnate in humiliation, and in his humiliation he bore the fruit of patience and long-suffering. And in his patience and long-suffering the heart of God toward us is revealed. He is the almighty everlasting Son of God who came down from heaven and assumed our flesh. He could have come in great glory like, when we, like what we saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. And like the disciples, had he come in glory, we wouldn't be able to bear it. So instead, he enters the Garden of Gethsemane in distressing humility. He says, my soul is sorrowful even to death. That's how he comes. With the sin of the world upon his shoulder and the salvation of mankind dependent on him, he prays in all humility, in patience, in submission, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He does not demand anything from the Father. He submits to the suffering, saying, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That divine patience is on display as he supped with the disciples, and Judas was there. Judas had witnessed our Lord's entire ministry, the miracles and all the teachings. Yet our Lord, was only with, yet our Lord to him was only worth 30 pieces of silver. And Judas, who had seen all the evidence that Jesus is the Son of God, he has the gall to ask our Lord, Is it I, Rabbi? He mocks our Lord with the question. He confesses our Lord as nothing more than a teacher to be betrayed with a kiss. And yet our Lord, he doesn't strike back. He patiently suffers the lies, the betrayal, and he simply tells Judas, Friend, do what you came to do. That divine patience shined in the darkness while he spoke to the disciples. 
Here is the Christ, the Son of the living God, prophesying to them that they will scatter from him and that Peter specifically will deny him three times. But Peter, he just brushes that prophecy off as nothing. He proclaims the might of his own faith. And then Peter speaks for all the disciples saying, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Yet our Lord doesn't mock Peter. He doesn't condemn the disciples for their pride and that false bravado. Instead, our Lord patiently suffers as the hearts of the eleven then flee in fear. As their hearts melt and they flee in fear. Instead, as Peter thrice denies our Lord, our Lord simply gives him a look. That divine patience was his weapon as the mob seized and arrested him. Here is the Son of Man in Gethsemane, who daily taught peacefully in the temple. Here he is being shackled like a robber by a mob with swords and clubs. Yet our Lord doesn't tell his disciples to attack. He tells them to sheathe their sword. Our Lord doesn't call down 12 legions of angels with fiery swords. And he's commander of them. He could have. But instead, our Lord patiently suffers being arrested as a criminal in the dead of night so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Just as the glory of the Lord shone in a cloud to all of Israel in the wilderness, so also the divine patience was shown to all Israel before the chief priest and his servants. Now here was the God of Israel. He is the angel of death who passed over the bloody Israelite doors. He is who led Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. Here is who led Israel through the Red Sea and made them his people. Here is the God who stood face to face with Moses, giving him the commandments, giving him the laws of worship and the temple. Here is the God who gave Moses the setup of the priesthood that included a high priest, a chief priest. Here is the incarnate Son of God in chains, who himself is the true high priest. Here is the Son of Man prophesied by the prophets. He gave the prophets their prophecies. And yet our Lord, in chains, keeps his majesty hidden. He could have defended himself. He could have defended himself from those accusations. He could have accused them, actually, of a false trial, false witnesses, of breaking the Eighth Commandment. Instead, our Lord patiently suffers, speaking only to confess who he is when they push him, suffering silently through their lies and murderous lusts, through their blasphemies and false accusations, suffering through the spitting upon him and them striking him, their mocking him to prophesy when he is the originator of the prophecies. Here is the lamb going to the slaughter, opening not his mouth as his own people hand him over to the Gentiles, to sinners, to kill him. That divine patience is shown to all the Gentiles as he goes before Pilate and his executioners, that battalion. Here is the truth incarnate appearing before Pilate in chains. Here is the king of kings standing before cruel, sinful men. And yet our Lord doesn't answer Pilate except to say who he is. Our Lord says nothing in the face of the accusations. He does not show his full authority. He doesn't show his full reign before these men. 
Instead, he patiently suffers as the crowds choose Barabbas over him, as they shout for his crucifixion. As Pilate washes his hands, he's silent. Instead, he delves deep into his passion, greatly suffering as his own creatures, blind in sin to who he is, as his own creatures strip him and mock him as the king, as they mockingly kneel before him, they strike him, spit on him. Here is their creator. Here is whom everyone is created through. And yet our Lord suffers greatly in divine patience as the curse of Adam is laid on his head in the crown of thorns. The lamb suffers as he is caught in the thicket of the crown and is led away as God provides the replacement for Isaac. Then that divine patience shines for the entire world to see as his hands and feet are pierced and he is lifted up on the cross. As our Lord hangs there, his body given for us, his blood being shed for us, as that happens, if you listen closely, you can hear John's, John the Baptist's voice saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And yet our Lord doesn't answer the, answer the mockery thrown at him, the blasphemies they accuse him of. Nor does he take himself down from the cross, nor does he complain about hanging as a criminal between criminals. Instead, our Lord patiently suffers as the world watches his humiliation of being scourged and scorned, of being naked as they cast lots for his garments, as he appears more a worm than a man, as he, facing ridicule, becomes even lower than the criminals, becoming the worst of criminals, the worst of sinners himself. As the chief priests mock him, our Lord suffers as the actual true high priest who is offering himself up to the Father as the sacrifice for the world. And that divine patience is shown before all of heaven as he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here hung him who was without sin that became sin for us. And yet he didn't demand his father remove this cup of wrath from him. Instead, as he shed his blood, he prayed, your will be done. Praying this as he patiently suffered and drank the entire cup of God's wrath, dregs and all. He suffered for us he suffered for all of us as he cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He could have stayed in heaven. He never had to bother with the incarnation. He could have just let us suffer and die in the humiliation of our sin, and he would have been just in letting that happen. But then if he let that happen, he would not have been merciful or gracious. So instead, in his great mercy, he became incarnate in humiliation. In his, in his humiliation, he bore the fruit of patience and long-suffering. And in his patience and long-suffering, the heart of God toward us is revealed. And see why he enters this humiliation. See why he suffered longingly and patiently. Had he condemned all those who persecuted and killed him, there would have been none left to save or proclaim his name. We'd all be dead. But by his patient suffering, the centurion, 
who probably just before was mocking him as a king, making him carry his own cross. That same centurion, when he saw him die, said, truly this is the Son of God. That's why our Lord patiently suffered. And it's the same way for us. When we were conceived and born in sin, our Lord was patient. When we were yet still sinners and His enemies, He suffered through our sins of pride, greed, blasphemy, lies, spiritual blindness. He patiently suffered so He could bring us to His salvation. So He could bring us to baptism and so that we might, might be united to Him in His crucifixion. So we might also receive His baptism of death. So that baptized into Him and the temple curtain torn in two, we may now approach the Holy of Holies and enter into the presence of God without fear of death. We can go before God in prayer. We can come before the presence of God in the gathering of His body. This His true temple, here His true presence. He patiently suffered so that just as the faithful saints were resurrected on the day of His death, so also we may be resurrected on the day of His triumphal return. And until that day, as we live here as sinners and saints, He suffers our sins even now and forgives us of those very sins. And in forgiving us, He also strengthens us with the very body and blood which He offered as the sacrifice to the Father. Forgiven in baptism and strengthened by His sacrament, He does this so we may be made into His holy image and shaped in His example in this doctrine, this lesson, this teaching of His suffering, suffering before glory. So that as He suffered for us, now in baptism, baptized into His example, we also may patiently suffer in His name for the faith. We may patiently suffer in love for one another in the church. We may patiently suffer in love for those who are lost so that in the suffering of us in the church, the light of our Lord's long-suffering in us may be seen by them so that the heart of God may be revealed to them so that Christ may bring them to Himself. Following His example of patient suffering, we are made partakers of His resurrection, so that as He suffered, we also now suffer, so that as He has risen, we also one day will rise, and we also will triumphantly enter into the holy city. We are partakers of this suffering by baptism. We are partakers of this resurrection when we eat and drink His body and blood. We will be partakers of this when we are resurrected in the end. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Much people that were come to the feast cried unto the Lord, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, 
that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Much people that were come to the feast cried unto the Lord, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. 
I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say, more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Almighty and everlasting God, who has sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger, and we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.